to the Sherlock's Weekly Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Laura Black, Tor Cardona, Charlotte Collins, and newbie, Rosie Cherrington. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, Rosie. So, Rosie joined the Sherlock's team a few weeks ago, and this is her first podcast. It so, is. it's nice to have you with us, Rosie. Um, so, first of all, any TV chat? Strictly. Strictly. <gasps> Can I just say on the podcast that I've been invited to the Strictly show in November? I'm quite angry with you, actually. I'm really jealous. Well, maybe she, maybe if she's listening, maybe, <laughs> maybe she she could That was Charlotte. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm quite excited so about. So fun. Although I think it takes about 33 hours to record. So when do they the record it? So, they, so it's on notes. So it's on a Saturday. It's live on a Saturday, but the Sunday, Sunday show isn't. That's pre-recorded, so they do right. it all in one night. So there's like an hour voting window, and you, I don't know, assume you just chill, and then they record it, and then obviously it gets like aired on Sunday. I think there's a lot of hanging around. Yeah. That's so fun. But I just feel like I've never missed. There are two things I've never missed a series of, and that's The Apprentice and Strictly. I've watched every single show from every single se- season. Um, so I've got to go and see what it's yeah, like. Yeah. I think the studio is quite small too, so I think it's yeah. quite intimate. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, fun. Also, that's right. That'll be right near the end, so it'll be really. Yeah, it's only going to be like three weeks before the end. 25th of November. Yeah. When well, is it okay, maybe like. Finish is like. It's usually the week, weekend before Christmas. Yeah, isn't it? 16th or something. Like yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe not really the end. Fun. So, talking of TV, fans of true crime should possibly bookmark I say possibly because I think the jury's out on what we think of it but should bookmark Netflix's latest release Strong Island I've watched it Tor you've watched it yes Charlotte yeah Rosie yeah so Rosie tell us tell us what it's about so um a filmmaker Jans Ford um his brother was murdered um, in 1992 um it's actually a really really sad story um so his brother was just driving along he was hit by another car um, the person driving the car was like, just come, bring it down to my workshop, um, we'll fix it for free. Turns out it's kind of a bit of a dodgy place. Anyway, so his brother was training to come, become a police officer. Um, he kind of goes down, gets in a bit of an altercation, someone says something about his mother, I think they maybe followed her home or something, it's all a bit dodgy. And he was actually murdered, um, he was shot in the chest by a kind of 19-year-old white mechanic, um, William Ford Jr., that guy died, was black. And the police um, kind of didn't really investigate it properly, the killer claimed self-defence, and he essentially got away with murder the jury was an all-white jury and apparently he just claimed self-defense um even though when you look at the facts of it there was no kind of imminent danger to him um and it is a really devastating documentary um it's kind of it's not like making murder in the sense that he didn't get to interview any of the prosecutors nothing like that they wouldn't actually speak to him but it did have a lot of kind of interviews with his friends and family and it was really and they were a really nice family that's what I took mm. away from it one of the things I thought was really sort of heartwarming was, was when one of the siblings said when we were brought up our mother told us we had one job in life and that was to love our brothers and sisters and I just thought that was just really telling about the kind of family that they were and as you said he wanted to join the police force mm. didn't he you know these were these were good mm. people from what I could gather I can't say I particularly enjoyed it though did you um, no, I was expecting something quite different because I had heard a lot of people comparing it to Making a Murder and it was it was quite personal. I feel like it was a different type of film. It wasn't maybe a kind of straight true crime thing at all because, as I said, you didn't get to see the kind of court case. You didn't get to see that kind of decision. It was, yeah, it was mu- very much one point of view. It's, yeah. it's also not a whodunit. It's not like no. did he, didn't he. It's like no. it's just kind of the facts and it's their kind of it's quite sad raw. story. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think a lot of it is about the kind of grief, like what happens to their family, because I know that they were talking about how it really did tear their family apart, and I think that was maybe Which one is, of the most moving parts of it. But Yes, and that's moving, and it's very sad, and it brings to light, doesn't it, or to the forefront, you know, how 
prolific racism mm. still is well, in the world today and in particular in the US today. So it's, it's kind of relevant in that respect. I think it makes it quite personal. Um, and the, One of the stories that his mother told was actually how her father, so the filmmaker's grandfather, died. He was having an asthma attack and um, he was taken to hospital. And I, I didn't even realise this, but, you know, they... I guess had a black section and a white section and even though all, you know he got there first they didn't see him and he was just left there to die and I think yeah they had a black wheat room and a white wheat room and even though he was, he was really in yeah. urgent need of medical assistance he wasn't prioritised because he was in the black wheat room I that's such a good point yeah, I, I was horrified when I yeah when I heard that I think you know you hear a lot about it in the news but it's not something that you know we've experienced but I think seeing the effects and seeing how heartbreaking it is it really drives it home and really mm. kind of makes you think about I don't know I, yeah I think that all the points are good ones and timely and all those things but I was surprised that it's you know it won the acclaimed special jury award at the Sundance Film mm-hmm. Festival it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. is it's that what it is I don't know I found it quite boring yeah, yeah, so it's nice. was it a bit long it's quite well, slow no, it's just not it's just not, not exciting you can't, I think you kind of imagine that it's going to be because it's got all these comparisons to things like Making a Murderer mm. you think it's going to be exciting and so people shouldn't go in with mm. that idea it's not exciting but I think the reason it's been so critically acclaimed is as you say because it kind of shines a light in a personal way on something that's still really relevant today mm, yeah. it's very slow moving quite raw a lot of straight to camera there's the mm. crying it's, it's very intense but it's not it's artsy I would you know if you've got a spare hour and a half I would watch it I just wouldn't compare it to making a murderer mm. yeah. to serial yeah. you know, there's no trial there's no court case to follow it's just very raw and emotional if that, yeah. and, it's a, it's a, and it's an interesting mm. fascinating story that you know it's, it, I recommend it so from TV to books, Charlotte, you did this brilliant interview with Dolly Alderton. Yes. Dolly Alderton is a really successful journalist. She's also a writer, a director, and she is one half of the Hilo podcast, the other half being the brilliant Pandora Sykes. Anyway, Charlotte interviewed Dolly. Um, they talk about books a lot on their um, podcast and Dolly's yeah, passionate about books. She's written her own book that mm-hmm. I think's out February now. next year. Oh, yeah, February available next year. for pre-order on Amazon now. Okay, good plug for Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you interviewed her about what she's reading now and various other reads that have kind of defined her life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought it was a brilliant piece, um, but I it made me think I wanted to ask you all mm-hmm. what you're reading now. So, Laura, what are you reading? So I'm a bit late to the party with this, but I am reading The Kite Runner. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I I'm also reading it really slowly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting there. That's because you're pregnant. You probably fall asleep. I literally read like two pages of them asleep. But it, I mean, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Um, but yeah, it's taking me a while. Tor, I'm reading uh, The Keeper of Lost Things by Ruth Hogan. It's called the Feel Good Novel of the Year. It's very easy to read. I'm enjoying it. It's a bit kind of silly. It's not kind of bit not 100. percent it's a bit fantastical, but it's good. But Very it's happy good. and good, yes. because we know that's like the yes. grail. Well, there you go, feel good, not all the year, Excellent. that's it. Okay. Rosie? Um, I am reading Nutshell by Ian McEwan, which is a retelling of Hamlet from the point of view of an unborn child. It's actually Ooh. incredible mm. that like, every sentence is just so beautifully written. It's part of a series of authors reinventing Shakespeare, isn't it? Yeah. Like, a number of authors have, have been involved in that project. Yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's great. I would recommend it. Oh. Mm. Charlotte? So I'm reading Sapiens, uh, which for those who don't know is a kind of history of mankind from you know our knuckle dragging days to kind of where we are now and it is really good but you can't it's not like I'm, you know, I'm normally a fiction reader and it's not like you can't kind of pick it up and read a few pages and then put it back it's not you have to kind of have the time to sit and really kind of get into it so I'm struggling with that at the moment but it is really good okay what about you I finished Eleanor Oliphant last night Hi, and only taking me about three months to read it and I'm sorry to go against the trend oh. but there's very little story to it oh, I loved it 
I found it incredibly inconsistent in the things she says, but the way her sort of mm, character mm. is supposed to be. One minute she sounds sort of highly intellectual, the other minute she sounds like a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's a sad story. Yes, there's a bit of a twist, but I was expecting to sort of be smacked in the face by it. I don't know. I, I'm, I didn't Did you like it, Charlotte? I loved it. I think we talked about this before, but I think first of all, I, I agree with you, and I, and I read it in like a day on holiday, which I think you kind of then don't notice those flaws. Um, so maybe that's why I just kind of bashed it out. But I also agree with you that when you read that kind of thing, when everybody's been raving about like a big twist or something, inevitably it's always a massive anticlimax. Like you couldn't read Gone Girl now or something, because even if it is a really good twist, you're expecting something amazing. And I agree, it's not an amazing twist there. Oh, it's no Gone Girl, that's no. for sure, if you ask me. Um, so what's been your favourite read of 2017 so far, Laura? Oh, I'm probably not the person to ask. I mean, favourite read ever. Favourite read ever? I still think, and I know we've spoken about it before, but I still think House in the Sky is yeah, one of my favourite books I've ever read. So what's it about? So it's about this Canadian journalist who goes to Somalia and is um, kidnapped, and mm. it's her story of survival in captivity. It's true story. Yeah. True story. It's in... Incredible. It's really, I don't know, it really got me. I don't, yeah. For somebody that's travelled and travelled in Africa, it just, it scared and me. And she was with a friend time. and they, he was kidnapped as well and they were sort of kept in separate rooms. He's since written a book as well about his story. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's it's a really good book. I'm with you, I think that's a And good reading. reading. Like, okay. yeah, and I recommend sounds, That sounds amazing. Yeah, House really cool. sky. House and Sky. Yeah. And a real page turner. Yeah. And yeah. also not like a big sort of blockbuster that everybody's talking about. It's like a... Yeah, it's, it's an easy read. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they will. Yeah. It's not that old. Um, Tor, what about you? Um, I was a long time ago. Back in January, I finished *The Wonder* by Emma Donoghue. She's the woman who wrote *Room*. Room, yep. room. Um, it's so good. Did you ever read it? About the girl who goes on hunger yeah, strike. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good. Hunger strike. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Starts herself or goes on? That's well, a twist. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Ooh, it's, it's, good. Good. Like it's good. Yeah. Rosie, I was very late to the part of this. So I finally read *Secret History* by Donna Tartt, which That's I've never I had read. written down as my favorite. Well, as my favorite book, I've read it once. Okay, so t- tell us about it. Um, so it's basically about a bunch of uni students, and they join this kind of. I don't want to ruin too much of it. They join a kind of secret society almost kind of form one together and then I don't know how much can I say about that really it's not that it's more kind of about their relationships and there is a a murder or a death of some sort Uh, and it's about how they kind of cope with that right yeah Yeah. we're not gonna gonna ruin it but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful book so yes it's, it's, it's got the kind of dream team of exciting story and beautifully written and, and it's called Secret History The Secret History by Donna Tartt yeah. on my list um, it's, yeah. it's amazing oh, yeah. okay and people who like The Goldfinch should I think this yes. is fast and furious The Goldfinch I, I still haven't read yeah. The Goldfinch she takes 10 years to write each book yeah. and you can tell why it's just so They're incredibly amazing. rich and the characters the story even like the kind of the characters you only see once are just so well written yeah. so. okay Georgie what's your, been, your favourite book of the year I really liked Kat Marnell's book oh, I love that book I love that yeah, I mean, we spoke about that. On the we podcast. spoke about that. So yeah. I won't worry yeah. on about that, but it is a really good book. And I was thinking about my favourite read of all time as well. And I, I feel like I was really, as I was thinking about it, I thought, God, why don't we write down every book that we ever read? There's that app, isn't there? My bookshelf or something yeah. where you can good follow read. people's reads, like you can their music mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, um, but the book that I read that kind of sticks with me, and I mean, there are lots, but it's Gangs by Tony Thompson. Mm. I always talk about the book. I've given it to so many people, and he's a crime. He's a kind of true crime journalist. And he... Anyway, it's just completely brilliant. And there's a chapter on people trafficking. There's a chapter on crack cocaine. There's a chapter on money laundering. 
and he investigates the gangs that organise all this crime. There's a there's a bit in the um, there's a bit in the crack chapter where he smokes crack and he says he basically gives a statistic where he says smoking crack is the most addictive thing that you'll ever do and something like. 80% of all people that ever smoke crack cocaine will turn into addicts. And he knew a journalist who went out, tried crack, and never finished the book that they were writing or the piece that they were writing. And he smokes it. And I remember so vividly reading this chapter for the first time. We were in our flat in Fulham. This is like 10 years ago. And he says, you know, and it's got the straw, you know, it was in a bottle and a straw and everything. You know, you light it, don't you? And he says, and, I, and he's in Bristol. I didn't realise Bristol was so doggy. Anyway, he's in Bristol and he's in some brothel with a prostitute, druggy, whatever. And, and he puts to his mouth and he says, I'm putting it to my mouth and I inhale. And as I inhale, I'm like, fuck, this is fucking incredible. And just suddenly, the way he writes it in the book is just so you're kind of there with him and he's like, and it's amazing, and I'm flying, I'm fucking flying, and I want more, and I'm reaching for the bottle, and I want more, and it's so good. And, I, and anyway, he didn't become a crack addict, and he finished the book. And But it's just such a good book, yeah. and every chapter is so gripping. The bit about people trafficking, the bit about the mafia in London. Anyway. So sorry, it's Gangs by... It's called Gangs by Tony Thompson. Anyway. That sounds brilliant. It's yeah. really... Yeah. I've honestly given it to so many people, it's really good. Um, and finally, on the book topic any guilty pleasures i love a kind of rock groupy biography like a sub sub genre of the rock biography um kind of type so pamela desvar's confessions of a groupie uh dirty rocker boys by bobby brown who was a girl on the cherry pie video I so niche but that's so niche but yeah um and also does anyone in the music industry i know that jolly mentions clothes 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 music 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 boys 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 by viv albertine who's in the slits um i actually read that um over the weekend and it was really great really good book did you just read the book over the weekend yeah Oh, it was great. Yeah, see that. <laughs> oh, amazing. I said to Rosie, I was like, can you read that? In, can you read a book a week or something? And she looked at me as if I just... I'm a very quick reader, though. Do you skip like, read? No, I just... I don't know. I'm a really quick reader. I don't know why. There are but, people like that. Yeah, Practice. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. So Charlotte, guilty says. pleasure? I haven't done this for a while, but I do like going back to children's books. I mean, there's a lot of TV as well, like old comfort things. So yes. I would read, I have done it for ages, but I would love like a Jacqueline Wilson or something like that, that kind of, I don't know, it must be some kind of comfort blanket. This, I'm kind of rehashing Gossip Girl at the moment as well. Like oh, those, but you know, those things that are just kind of remind you of yeah. being young. So yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mine's twi- with Twilight books. Twilight, really. Oh God. God. Yeah, lo- absolutely loved really? it. Really? There was no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really go to read, I wouldn't read it again. Or yeah. I just I remember that yeah, yeah. 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 I was like that with Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to like eat them up. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, my God, I, is it bad to say something like Jilly Cooper again? Like yeah. it yeah. reminds yeah. me of like younger days. Ruby Cowell, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine was Daniel Steele. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar, similar thing. Daddy, yeah. I just remember. I mean, they are such patient. <laughs> they are so all that sort of glamour. Rubbish. Actually, the best thing is the dinosaur film. Oh god, they are good. Anyway, I have to say, I did also agree with Dolly when she said about reading Coke books. I do that. Oh yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. How dull? No, Are you I read all. No, that? I read all the, those intros, the blurb, each chapter, all that kind of stuff. That's what I do. Well, that's why you're helping me to get this tour. Yeah, I love it. Let's talk about the things. New mums 
need to talk about or don't talk about because it amazed me after I had my first child how no one had told me things like you're going to sweat so much buckets you're going to wake up and your sheets are going to be wet or your hair's going to fall out or you're going to bleed like you've been sort of <laughs> murdered I mean for how long it's a really glamorous I feel I can't believe like for all the NCT classes and all the chat with people it just amazed me how unprepared I was yeah. for certain things like that. I agree. And I think actually social media now, there are all these mums, you know, that are kind of showing the ugly side of your tummy not pinning back and, you know, standing there in just their underwear. But they're still not really talking about, as you say, the sweats, the bleeding. I mean, the sweats. The, the sweats are off the scale. Honestly, between no, the two of you, I like, might never have children. <laughs> this whole thing. Oh. And the bleeding. I mean, I bled so mm. long. Yeah. I mean, I kept going to the doctor and I'm, I'm still bleeding. Yeah. I'm still bleeding. Exactly. And obviously, sorry, this is a bit graphic for the podcast, but you can't wear a tampon. So no. you just have to like... No, no, no. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it would no, be like dredged in about two seconds. But it's also, I think it's just a no-go, isn't it? Where does it go? <laughs> where do you, do you have to just like... But also like... I mean, where does it go? Where does it go? What does it go? Do you have to wear those like... Tampon. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, like I mean, nappies. Yeah. Like nappies. You don't know what a sandwich towel is <laughs> they're literally like nappies but you're yeah. so right to write I have two <laughs> one in the back for night time I mean it's, it's awful. awful it's two awful. I had two on top of each other does, does it not like to lose that blood does it not make you feel like a bit like headed or something yeah, yeah. Don't you feel like no it's got it's got a name hasn't it it's, it's here lucky, it's luckier or something yeah yeah, and you get it even if you've had a C-section. Yeah, you it's, do. It's, yeah. And blood clots as well. I mean, I don't know if you get it. But I honestly, sorry, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going to the loo, and I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating, the size of a fist. And I had a maternity nurse at the time. That was freaking me And I called her, and this was about day two since I'd given birth. And I was like, Paulie, <laughs> Paulie, are you ready for this? Because I need to show you something. And... So she did bring it in a bag? And she's very <laughs> mind, so no, 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 no. mind she's about, sorry, <laughs> bear in mind she's about six to five and been a maternity nurse for about how many years. She came to it, oh, lovely, yes, that's quite a size. <laughs> and she's like, yes, if you have another one that size, then we will need to go to yeah. the top. And actually, I didn't have another one that size. But no one, I honestly thought like that was my insight. But that's really scary as well because I actually did in hospital hemorrhage after my first. And if you, and that happens to a lot of people at home, at least I was in hospital, so I had all the relevant. But yeah, like nobody tells you about that to look out for blood clots, like your hair falling out. I mean, I was the other day I was with a friend and she said, <laughs> Oh my god. She said, Have you noticed I've got all this sort of baby hair again? And I said, I know, so have I. She said, It's because our hair's growing back again because yeah. we've both got nine month olds. And after you've given birth, because your hair, when you're pregnant, you're, you don't really shed hair. No. So your hair actually feels great when you're pregnant. Thick, yeah. I think it's because of the progesterone. I might yeah. be really wrong. No, I think it is. And then when you hormones. give birth, that just goes down. So yeah. your hair. Out. Or, I mean, you're like emptying your hairbrush every day. It's looks horrible. <laughs> and then this friend said, she's like, yeah, that's our hair growing back. And I was like, oh my God, I thought I had really bad for the so I was really worrying about no, my no, hair no. was all breaking at them. Yeah. And does this happen every time? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's anyway. really glamorous. But you were so right to write this piece because, by the looks of everyone here who doesn't have a child, no one knows about this. I know. Stuff. My so. poor sister-in-law in New York, who's now 
three days overdue with her first baby sent me a message yesterday saying yes I'm still pregnant <laughs> and B can you hire it with the next podcast because I'm pounding the payments in New York so and now we've just completely so but knowledge is power and it's yes. better to know this these things and we wrote other things like it's okay for your baby to cry someone said to me and I never forgot this and I always say it to like a new mum but she said no baby ever died from crying I the minute your baby cries, you don't need to drop everything. And well, I've got a friend up. who's just had her baby in Paris, and they teach them something called the pause. Yeah. I was about to say it's the French yeah. method, isn't it? French children don't throw food. food. Yeah, yes. yeah. She, and they were also completely amazed that she wanted to breastfeed. Apparently, she literally had like six midwives on her because in France they really? just yeah, yeah, they're not big breastfeeders. No. Interesting. 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 Oh no, I did have breastfeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things are sex won't hurt forever. No, it won't. My husband said, someone said to him once, that your wife giving birth is like watching your favourite pop band down. Yeah, that's in the Bridget Jones film. Is it? Yeah. Oh, damn it, it wasn't It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was um, good. The other thing is, you can get pregnant now. There's this, yeah, there's this theory this. that while you're breastfeeding, you can't get pregnant. I know someone with Irish twins, because... Yeah, exactly. Is that what it's called, Irish twins? Yeah, Yeah. And the other one... I liked was that sneezing, laughing, and burpees will never be the same again. No, so do your pelvic floor exercises. In a way, that's the worst because the rest is temporary. But that's like for life. So, if you could, would you have done more with your pelvic floor yes. like now? Sitting like here those, doing my like pelvic floor ball things. <laughs> so, well, well, you should do it now. There is some brilliant place. You should always do it. Okay, mm. I think I might start now. There's some yeah. brilliant place though near my children's school where they do what they have this machines that they use in France they basically put this machine in you and it does something to the muscles and it restores your pelvic floor so you have to do a course of is it three is it five I don't know oh, wow. but it's big in France but it, it's kind of a way to oh, that sounds interesting that's really interesting yeah. just remembering to do it my friend said which I thought was a really clever thing she said get a little sticker a tiny little dot and stick one by your tap on your steering wheel and and every time whatever it is so when you're brushing your teeth you see the sticker and you do your pelvic there's also that little that's what yeah, yeah. LV. Yeah, exactly. yeah exactly so it's like I did a piece of it ages ago we should do something about it again so you just put it in by you mm-hmm. and then it, it's linked to an app and it tells you like to do to like squeeze and then it tells you how you're how doing, doing like you're getting better or is it like a tool yeah it's just the wow. discipline. But actually, really, when we yeah. had mother of daughters at that parenting event, she was saying she wanted to try and make a bigger thing of the of the, pel- of the importance of pelvic floor. So she important. should, yeah. Well, maybe instead of fab rates, we should go and do pelvic floor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah, I'd support that. On a similar note, should you switch to the coil? Does anyone here have the coil? Me. Do you like it? I think it is honestly the best thing ever. It says here it's effective, it's forgettable, it's one of the easiest ways of preventing pregnancy. When you have the hormone coil, so there's the copper coil, which releases small copper ions into the womb, which act like a spermicide to kill the sperm, and also prevents fertilised eggs from implanting. The hormone coil works by releasing the hormone progesterone, which is similar to the mini pill, and it thins the lining of your womb so a fertilised egg can't implant. But it's also known to be really good at easing heavy periods, and it's really common that as you get older, if you have the um, hormone coil, that your periods will practically stop. I mean, I barely have a period. I mean, honestly, I'm just worried about that transition period where they say you can like bleed for like how long? Yeah. For how long? Like is it? three? I don't know, months. Months. Well, you bleed a little bit, but not a lot. But also, when it's put in, it's not very nice having it put in. And I think if you have had children, they say it's easier. Well, you just you're just quite used to that, as in versus a mm. sweep. Aura. We'll have to talk about sweeps one day on the podcast. <laughs> we'll have to talk about things you can do to get labour going. Yeah, that's um, a good one. But anyway. What is a sweep? It is terrible. What's a sweep? 
We won't talk about sweets. <laughs> um, I don't mind. Go ahead. A sweet is where they basically Come try and wipe away the membranes, don't they? I think that's right. Yes, by hand. In a glove. Yeah. But when you're over the baby, you are like, give me a sweet yeah 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 i mean i can think of worse things when it comes yeah, to yeah i actually that's think that's actually that's okay. people make quite a big deal out of them it must be better than pushing the baby out of you <laughs> what exactly i mean yeah. when, when you've been through labor things yeah. like a yeah. coil and a smear test are mm-hmm. actually not anything to worry about but i would say having them put in is not particularly pleasant but it's pretty quick and it's a bit uncomfortable for a few days afterwards and you do bleed a little bit but i mean i don't use tampons like that's how good it is I think mm. it's, I quite like, having a period tells me I'm not pregnant, and I, I don't know, maybe it's an age thing, but oh, I, I think, quite I just think if they weren't that. there, you just would happily just carry on, though. But no, I think, like, the stress, I think that's my way of knowing that I'm not pregnant. The thing about yeah. the cup one, though, is it can actually make your periods look more painful. One of my friends has it, and she's like, in agony every month, mm. really heavy periods, oh, really? didn't have them before. But she does say that she prefers it because she doesn't have to worry about kind of taking anything, you know, she knows that she is kind of fine in terms of pregnancy, but um, that's what really kind of scared me. I don't really want any hormones, they don't really agree with me. It's like, that's why I'm on the pill anymore didn't like it and I was debating the copper one but I don't know that really scared me I don't want I haven't heard that about the copper coil have you not? no I've heard it's not so good is the copper coil a bit sort of archaic or is I I like the oldest form it makes me think of Carrie Bradshaw She, she has that whole thing where her coil gets stuck has anyone seen oh. her episode? Like, but this is like 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. it feels a bit like... It can be got her stuff yeah. about 15 years ago when she was in the Alps and she had to have an emergency. <gasps> I've also heard of somebody miscarrying their coil as well. Yeah, like the body can like reject yeah, it. Yeah, it can yeah, it expel really it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's but there are super horror rare. stories. Yeah. I mean, God, the yeah, pill can yeah. really mess with you. I don't know. Yeah. I would say it's a really, really good thing. And I was talking to my mum on the weekend actually about this. Um, we had went bride shopping for my sister who's getting married. Anyway, I don't know how we got on this topic, but mum was talking about um, having babies, and she said it's good the coil because if you want to get, if you said you want to get pregnant, you just take it out and you can literally have a baby. Whereas with a pill, it might take yeah. us a while to like get back on your cycle. I got I got pregnant the month I had my coil taken out mm. with Mimi. Really? So, so how does that work in terms of because they're both hormones, right? So what the pill just takes longer to get out of your system. So well, of hormones can do, yeah. yeah, that's what okay. they say. But then again, you also hear stories of people coming off the pill yeah. for. A week and get well, pregnant. Well apparently so, when you come off the pill, the first month you come off there can be a surge and so you really could get, I don't know all the scientific but that first month when you come off the pill, it's more likely that you're going to get pregnant than you are like a month two or three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's any truth in that but I, I read quite a lot into it actually and I think that's why quite a lot of people do. Mm. But there's that myth that you need to be off the pill for like a month, yeah. every, or like what was it? A month for every year. You've oh been my god! Like, rubbish. Yeah, yeah. So if you've been like for twelve years, you'd drop it for like twelve months. Oh my god! Or like, that's yeah. such a rubbish. That's just what women tell their husbands to campaign. Anyway, I think Paula is brilliant and. If you're looking, don't, don't, I would say just don't be put off by a bit of inconvenience of having it fitted. It's not massively painful. It's not really painful afterwards, and it honestly makes life mega easy. Do brunettes really get taken more seriously? Because we're a world, some might say, obsessed with blondes. Um, except apparently when it comes to the boardroom. And last week, Silicon Valley CEO Eileen Carey made headlines with her admission that she dyed her hair brown to be taken seriously at work. She was told that the investors she was pitching to would feel more comfortable in dealing with a brunette rather than a blonde. Well, <laughs> other than Ty, who's filming our podcast... And rich. And rich. And rich. <laughs> who's male. <laughs> um, we are five blondes sitting around this table. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why? Why does everyone want to be blonde? I'm natural blonde, so. <laughs> I mean, likewise, I'm, I'm yeah. a bit ridiculous. 
I think this whole thing is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Did you write this, I, I, I love, I love yeah. this piece. It was really good. Oh, I do feel yeah. like you get treated differently. Like, well, maybe it's because I don't really look that great with brown hair. But I do feel like <laughs> people... I don't know. I feel like I got ignored quite a lot more when I was like in a bar. But then this does say not by guys, but even like trying to get served, things like that. But really? I do feel like people think like they talk to me as if I'm less intelligent as a blonde when I meet them. Um, a lot of people when I say what I do are like, "Really? You have like a proper job?" Like quite shocked. But when I have brown hair, people are like, "Oh, cool, you're a journalist." Really? Yeah. Really? yeah. I can imagine that if I worked in a corporate environment, I would consider going darker. Yes. Because you do. I feel. I feel like I start, if you're kind of on a train or something you do feel like you stand up particularly if you kind of dressed up or something so if I had to go into a meeting and I was wearing heels and a you know a smart dress then I probably would feel too do you on really show. believe that? I think I've never done it but possibly well, six, 62 according to a survey 62% of UK workers believe brunettes look more professional I mean personally I've never heard such a of crap it's not because I think that that's true it's because I would I think that other people think mm. I would I feel like I would be taken more seriously not because I would need to take myself more seriously does that make sense yeah. studies show that men rate brunettes as more attractive intelligent competent and even tempered than blondes which is ridiculous mm. yes when you, but when you but they, okay, that only 2% of the world's adult population are natural are actually blonde. God, but yeah. they are more likely to hit on blondes um, even though they see them as needier the study said so, I think the whole thing's a load of rubbish. The only thing I would say is that a Penelope Cruz or a Adriana Lima, mm-hmm. I don't know what, I think they are more genuinely beautiful. I, but maybe they are. Some, some men or some other people would prefer a Claudia Schiffer. I think it's just a t- yeah. I think it's just yeah. taste. And it could be because it's not what you look like. You're completely the opposite. Yeah. So maybe you think that's more exotic and kind of just, just so kind of something you would never look like. You know, yeah. you kind of idolise after that maybe. Penelope yeah. Cruz or, I don't know, I, I just think that's more naturally beautiful than someone who's just using their hair to I think if you took the face there are more naturally beautiful brunettes than have you are. been to Copenhagen that's true and now I am officially 7% Scandinavian so <laughs> yes, that's, that's my claim now <laughs> oh you put that on your CV tour yeah I'm more Scandinavian <laughs> than I am British that's what? DNA, DNA, DNA really yeah. what percentage British were 6% British Six. really Spanish, my dad, and my mum's Irish. Yeah, of course. 30%, 30%. The nation has spoken. Apparently, we want to hear our favourite tunes at our desks. A survey by LinkedIn and Spotify revealed the majority of British workers are keen to listen to music at work. But can it and should it be done? What do you think? Well, in my opinion, for me, I only listen to music if it's got too noisy, which doesn't happen very often in our office. But it's for me, it's not because I really want to listen to my favourite tunes. It's because (laughs) I want to focus on what I'm doing. And there's there's a distraction. So I think there's, yeah, I definitely think there's a time and a place. As long as it's not because you're trying to tune into, you know, entertainment whilst you're working, I agree that's inappropriate. But yeah, for me, it really helps me focus when there's other chatter going on. Yeah, Yeah. me too. After looking into a lot of research to do this piece, they're kind of bottom line is it isn't great for working um, and there are some benefits but it really depends on the type of work apparently there's only like maybe one or two types of kind of tasks that you can be doing where it helps whereas if you're doing really repetitive kind of boring type things boxes. and <laughs> then it will really help you focus um but if you're doing anything to do with memory, anything to do with writing, it really kind of like no yeah. stars. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 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 I would never write with music no. like at all. It's, it's if I'm saving great. images or something. Then yeah, yeah. It's it's something that yeah. isn't yeah. like saving images. That's something like that. I would scroll yeah. 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 Scrolling yeah. for um, looking for product. Yeah. But I mean, my husband. I mean, he works in finance. I mean, it would be laughable that anyone could ever even argue that they might be more 
productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what this neuroscientist did say, which is you should listen to music on your way into work for ten to fifteen minutes, and that will actually make you way more productive. So mm-hmm. should try That's that. Yeah. I agree. It's not. It's never. Go, I don't think it's ever going to age your productivity unless you're otherwise being distracted. And it's I, I'm classical just, music. Yeah. 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 Yes. If I'm really struggling, I do listen on Spotify. There's always a million playlists out there. There's yeah. one like music for concentration, mm-hmm. music for yeah. studying, and they are really good. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. no. Work, it's all classical. So no I laughed at. To help, Spotify's curated a supposedly work-friendly playlist of the 50 most appropriate office songs. Now that could get a bit boring. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. On repeat. But the, the only thing I would say is, I don't think, personally, as an employer, it looks great if you have an office. I think I used to work for a company with a lot of designers, and in the design studio, loads of them wore headphones, and they were just in their own little world. And I think the nature of their job is that they don't really interact with other people. It's design, so it's very creative. And they're kind of working in silos, so it was sort of a bit of company for them. But I think it gives off a bad vibe for the person listening to music if they are sitting there with their headphones on in an office where the culture is not to do that and we actually had someone here that used to always put their headphones in and I actually asked for them not to because there'd be a time where you there'd be a conversation going on and they're not party to that conversation mm-hmm. they're not really involved in what's going on in the office yeah I, I don't think it reflects well on them I don't think it looks very professional I agree I think yeah. it's an in case yeah. of emergency resource as opposed to an every, yeah. every, every day, day. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's a slippery slope you know if someone going I'm going to put my headphones on because I want to concentrate well soon that person's always got their headphones on and serve have many others and then whenever yeah. you want to speak to someone you've got to sort of mm. but I did read here that perhaps you could put one ear in so you're half listening to the office and oh no so that's, that's even more noise. noise yeah yeah perhaps that's even worse <laughs> okay foods that are ruining your teeth there's been lots in the press recently about Prosecco poor Prosecco mm. so I hate Prosecco so I was like if ever I need an excuse not to drink Prosecco but to drink champagne now I have one because apparently Prosecco has more sugar in it per glass than champagne but more so than the sugar in the Prosecco it's the fact that it's got all these acids in and that is oh. what melts away your enamel the sugar is like another added thing okay so you wrote this piece about what the culprits are that yeah. could be damaging our teeth so this is this generally then about all of these foods have acid in that damage the enamel, right? Exactly, yeah. Essentially, that's what it comes down to, yes. Um, but interesting things, like, you know, we're told all the time to have hot water and lemon, but then they say it's actually the worst thing you can drink to your teeth. No, I've heard I that I can before, feel it on my teeth. Do you ever have that? I can feel it on my teeth when I've had lemon. Bit, they yeah. like, can you? Rough, yeah. Yeah, it's not it. very, but yeah, like, like a... I know exactly. Mm-hmm. Almost like dry. Yes. Yeah. yeah dry. Yeah. Sweet. It's horrible. So my dentist told me she had seen a 21-year-old girl that had drank hot water and lemon every single morning because it's detoxing, and she needed a full set of veneers because her entire teeth had like the enamel had all worn away because um, she was drinking it, then brushing her teeth after. Yes, that's what. And they say. so it's just the worst thing. It just melts. And that's, oh, that's because the, the that's because the acid softens the enamel and then you're brushing it away. And the right? heat. So she said, if you're going to drink lemon in water, always have it cold always drink it through a straw because the heat and the acid is like a double whammy and then the brushing on top it's just three things oh terrible and actually oh, I remember Kate who is the founder of Grace Bargravia which is a sort of wellness destination um, I remember her saying the same thing really? that she had to stop drinking she for years and years and years drank lemon hot lemon water and she really? had to stop because it was ruining her teeth so yeah Interesting. Coffee, I wasn't surprised to see there. Oh, all my favourite things. Red and white wine. I mean, but green juice, tomatoes, ice. If you're someone who eats ice, you're perhaps just a bit odd. But um, <laughs> fizzy drinks, obviously, and nut butter. That was nut such a right yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can get it because it's so like cloyy. Yeah, you can. Yeah, and if you no, sit there, and yeah. so what? Like cloyy. 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 How do you spell that? Cloying. Like cloying, like Nutella, but it's really like. 
floor. I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. I've just not heard of floor. No, floor. Maybe it's a word I use if I hope. No, you are half as much Um Shame. Yeah. Anyway. But this, uh, this piece really did get me thinking about my teeth, actually. I'm kind of yeah. feeling I need to go and go to the dentist or something. Or get, get one of those really good enamel toothpaste. I know we put one in a good bag last week, that Regenerate one. But it's supposed to be so good. They yeah. have a thing where you can put it in the little mouth guards. You leave it in. Regenerate? Like, yeah. Yeah, like the serum. The serum yeah. thing. Apparently that's really teeth. good for your yeah. teeth. It like redoes the enamel. Really? Um, no, you just leave it in. I think it's for half an hour. Oh. You do it once a month as like a kind of treatment thing, and apparently it rebuilds it all. It's amazing what toothpaste can actually do mm-hmm. to your teeth. Your thymol. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know that toothpaste, mm-hmm. which is my mum loves, loves it, yeah. which is something free. What's it not good in it? Uh, it's, not, it's not minty. Yeah, no, it's but like it's not got fluoride. Fluoride. Thank you. And when my eczema got really bad, I read. Um, on some forum somewhere that the fluoride in toothpaste could be bad if you had um, epidermatitis or whatever it is which is when you get kind of eczema around your mouth so I stopped so anyway I stopped using my regular toothpaste and started using what's it called? Euthymol Euthymol which tastes revolting but you get used to it yeah Anyway, I went to the dentist six months later with two fillings. I said, I just don't understand. I brush my teeth really regularly. I look after them. And I don't know how we got onto toothpaste. Well, we were at the dentist. That's not that surprising. <laughs> and I told him that I was using it. <clears throat> and he said, you mustn't use that toothpaste. It's fluoride-free. And you need fluoride in toothpaste to you protect really your teeth. You need it. And it's in our water as well. Yeah. Let's talk about the Sunday blues. Because according to recent research, Brits are spending almost half their lives confined to the same schedule and psychologists think it could be behind that Sunday feeling. You get the Sunday blues? Who gets the Sunday blues? I do. Mm, so yeah, sometimes. I feel like it's a hangover from my school days. I had it so badly I would absolutely like feel sick on Sunday evening. I didn't really like my school that much and I just still get it even no matter what I'm doing even if I have the Monday off I'll still get it just because I know that the weekend's going to end and also because all the shops are shut like if you need something from the supermarket well they're not like, anymore though my local ones are shut well you can travel but I can't really bother to walk for like 15 minutes to go to up <laughs> but like everything's <laughs> shut you can't go like I don't know go to Zara you just can't do anything <laughs> oh, <laughs> or Sunday <laughs> yeah but it's shut like like <laughs> I don't know that's what the evening the Sunday evenings I just feel like yeah I'm the same about school I have memories of that kind of hanging around like clock watching like knowing you have to go and pick a bag yeah. and as a bonus because knowing you have to like go back but yeah I don't it depends what I'm doing yeah, this piece suggests that you should change your schedule on a Sunday go to a class you know I'm totally the opposite. I want to stay in, get organised, change my sheets, make my lunch, and then, you know, then I feel everything's in order and then I feel better. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I love Sunday nights. I remember going to a wedding years ago and someone did this really amazing speech and it was the groom, actually, and he said to his new mother-in-law, and thank you, Claire, for teaching me that Sunday nights are the perfect excuse to drink champagne. And ever since I've drunk champagne on <laughs> Sunday night, and I genuinely do, by the way, I just think it's a great thing to do. My husband and I always used to say we just don't get Sunday blues and never really have. But I do think one of the things I dread about Sunday is for me, I've got it like all the school uniforms got to be out and ironed and washed and the children's shoes have to be cleaned and I have to check they've done their homework and their school bags are out and have they got their pee kit. It's sort of those kind of jobs. I do, I, you know, there's always admin that comes to you on a Sunday night super school related. But I liked the point in this article that said do all those jobs and chores on a Saturday morning instead and I try and do that a bit like get them out of the way and then you won't dread them on a Sunday 
and just save nice things to do. I also feel about getting organised thing on a Friday. It's so boring, but like leave your inbox clear. Like yeah, you know, yeah. So when, yeah, but so many people just on a Friday are just desperate to get out. Oh, that's just, weird. No, 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 no. I have relax. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make your list for Monday, so when you get in, you know. I agree. Exactly. What you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I do feel like it's your right to do the things on Saturday. That is a good tip because even if I have no plans, I still have just like an evening of stuff to do that I've left that I need to do around the house. So. Richard, swap over. Do it earlier on. Yeah. Open a bottle of bubbles. <laughs> Prosecco, not Prosecco. Not, not <laughs> so that's it for this week. If you have any feedback, then do email podcast at sharelarks.com. And if you enjoy that, then do please rate, review and subscribe via iTunes. See you next week. Bye.